You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 116, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, the Netflix, and FooComics.com. Foo! Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 116. I'm Connor. I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Josh. And everyone just stopped listening. It's like it's nobody, nobody realizes that it's a contest, among, a contest amongst the three of us to shock each other on the opening. You, know? you like, did. <laughs> I win. At iFanboy.com, we like comics and we read comics. And every week we read a bunch of comics. And one of us has a really stressful week, but they do the pick of the week anyway. They write about it on the website. And then they talk about it on the podcast, along with various other emails and voicemails of areas of interest. And they're back this week. So before we get to the show, quick reminder, this is a review show for the week's books. So there's going to be spoilers. We're going to talk about plot lines. And we're going to tell you that Darth Vader is Luke's father and all that stuff. And then we get on with the show. So uh, Ron had the pick of the week. Take it away, Ron. Thank you very much, Connor. It's good to be back. Yeah, no, I did have a bit of a stressful week. My um, You didn't go anywhere. No, my, 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 no exactly. <laughs> my non-comics life uh, kind of turned up a notch this week, but it's okay. Um, and I still got my books, and I did the pick. And um, I, had a, I had about 14 books, I think, this week, so I had a big old stack to read through on Wednesday. And... You know, and it's funny because I picked Fell number nine, written by Warren Ellis and illustrated by Ben, ben Temple Smith. And I thought it was really funny because when I was going to do it, I was like, you know, we haven't talked about Fell in forever. And then I was why like, is that? And then I was like, I was like, God, when was the last time we picked it? And I went and I looked, and we picked issue number eight, which happened to have been <laughs> in April two thousand seven. So, um, so immediately when I saw that, I wanted to not count this because I didn't want to reward that type of behavior. Um, I didn't right. want to. I didn't want to. You know, say, hey, you know, you're putting a book out whenever the hell you want it. Here, here's a medal. You know, I didn't want to do that because I hate that part of the business. You know, but the thing is, is that as I went through the rest of my books, and I, was, and I was like, well, this is pretty good. This is whatever. I kept coming back to Fell because Fell amazes me in that I feel like it's an ano- it's not an anomaly. I think it's it's an example of what comics can be. Um, yep. It's a dollar ninety nine. All right. Admittedly, it's 16 pages of comic story and 20 pages total if you count the back matter. But I don't notice that. No, you don't at all. Not 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 for the minute. Exactly. Nope. And then on top of, then on top of that, Warren Ellis, who I I'm hit or miss with. You know, some stuff I really like, some stuff I can do without, some stuff I just think is whatever. Warren Ellis is able to write this story that is so. Each issue is kind of one and done, but it continues the story of D- Detective Richard Fell, who's a police officer in Snow, who gets transferred to this dead end town of Snowtown, and he writes these stories that are so evocative and so touching on social issues and um, and personal issues and things like that in sixteen pages. And then on top of that, Ben Templesmith, who I knew Ben Templesmith, and I saw Thirty Days Night. And I'm kind of you know summarizing my written review on iFanboy.com here, but. <laughs> Every issue he's got no brain cells left. Yeah, so, so give me just give me cut me some fucking slack, okay? <laughs> you should just read it word for word. No, but the thing about Ben Templesmith that is amazing is that like it seems so simple what he's doing, but it's so elegant at the same time. No, and, it's not simple at all. No, it's not simple and and it's and every issue there's some visual element that is just kind of blows me away. And this time around, um, Detective Fell goes to negotiate with somebody who apparently has held people hostage. And we're, they use the device of, 
of visualizing what's going through Fell's head is he's trying to size up the guy behind on the other side of the door. So when he's talking to him, he sees that he's he's you know saying he's a he's a you know he's a big man with heavy boots, and you see a kind of a stick figure on the door with like heavy boots. And and as he's moving, as he undoes his gun, you see he's, you know he just unsafety the handgun and stuff like that. And you see as, as Fell is trying to talk this guy down. And he he essentially you know has a quick kind of a small firefight talks to the guy down and finds out that he's not holding hostage he's a poor soldier who comes home to find his parents dead, and then it becomes not a story about the hostage taker but about why didn't this guy's parents get the get the service or the the treatment they deserve from the hospital and fell basically delivers justice to the person who deserves it which is the hospital which it just like it just it's a gut punch and it was just. Just it got me, and I'm like, you know, nothing else is being done with this quality, and in this kind of this use of space, and this use of um, just like total economy of words and art, and it just I'm I'm just every issue amazes me, and um, even better is the iFanboy audience made us read it because I didn't yep. I, I wasn't even yeah. paying any mind, and this is well, like you, you, one of the best comics out there. So you know what's really cool about this book, and I think that 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 last thing about them getting us to read it really has a lot to do with that, is that I'm starting to realize that moving on, the best Warren Ellis work doesn't seem like Warren Ellis work. Yes. What I mean is, when you read a Warren Ellis superhero book, um, you kind of know what you're in for. Like he very like he puts sort of a spin on his superhero books that is the kind of thing that people really like. It's also very sardonic and yeah, you know, no, I, I think detached. I think that's really easy for him. Yeah. So like I think he kind of phones that stuff in, whereas like this, this doesn't. I couldn't read this and tell you, oh, that's like Warren Ellis. No, I yeah. Well, I, I would disagree with that, but I think there's two sides of him. There's the easy superhero phone inside that he writes, you know, at the pub without thinking about it. And I think this stuff is something he really takes his time with and I don't think that's why it's delayed I think there's probably lots of reasons why it's delayed but it's you can tell there's a lot more effort in this than there is in Ultimate Human number one mm-hmm. right. which yeah. is also enjoyable but for different reasons right. sure but it, it just doesn't have like that same like he seems to really like finding vulgar ways to say things or like to talk about beating people up in a certain you know like he, like that's his kind of thing right. you know what I mean like like he's he's got all these synonyms for hitting people and, and just you know different kind of ways to have characters swear at each other but he, he kind of like this is so subdued it just takes that edge off of everything and it's just left with it's very raw and yeah. I, I love that about yeah. this book i mean if you actually look through the book it's a it's you know every panel is basically richard fell's head yeah <laughs> but it's still interesting it, it shouldn't be yeah you know and also like i can't remember him doing a crime book really on anything else oh, i haven't thought about that actually yeah i guess he did like uh there was a book he did called Down, another one called Red. I think one of those was a crime book. I don't remember exactly. Red was Red was a spy. Then it was Down, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But but what I just think is amazing is just that is that quite often we're 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 often pontificating about the industry and comics and what they can be, whatever. And like I said, you know, like I said, I think this is a great example of you can hand like the trade paperback that came out. You can hand that to somebody, and they'll be in disbelief that it's a comic book because it's not a superhero book. It's not any of those cliches. It doesn't look like anything they've ever seen, and it's an accessible story that everybody can, you know th- you know to me this is better than half the you know the 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 procedural crime crap that's out there on TV and stuff like that because it's it's you know admittedly I'm biased because I like the formats of the, the the medium but like it just seems so honest and so you know relatable and and just kind of it's amazing how I'm just amazed at that how it plays with dark and light and how there's really no I don't say redeeming qualities but there's nothing there's nothing I like about Snowtown or that I like about these people and yet mm-hmm. you you find yourself feeling for them 
you know, and like it. it well, it, well Richard Fell has redeeming qualities. Yeah, he's, no, he does. Yeah, he's a bit of a jerk, but he's not. He's not a bad person. No, he also he, he, he takes no shit. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and he does. And he. Do, what's great is that he does the right thing, and it's 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 definitely playing on that desire to be a better person kind of thing. And you you can only wish, given in that situation, you could have the balls to carry two dead bodies into a hospital and drop them on the administrator's desk. You know, like. Um, but yeah, no. So it's just like so. Like Fell just represents to me like what comics can be. They can be a dollar ninety nine. They can be satisfying. They can be beautiful. They can be different. You know, and so it kind of gives me hope. So hey, if every comic was this dense uh, for sixteen pages, I I'd, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, totally. So you know, a dollar ninety nine is great, and no other comic looks like this yeah. right now that I'm buying. This is completely unique to itself. Yep. So. Um, too bad. I mean, it's just too bad we're getting one and almost one a year now. Well, yeah. Well, you can only hope that they, they had that run of the first. I mean, the, the trade picked up the first seven issues, right? Eight, eight. Oh, so it did the first eight. So they did the first eight, yeah. then they did the trade. So I can only hope that this is the beginning of the next trades book tr- batch. You know, the trade is even cheaper. Yeah, the trade is fifteen dollars for eight issues. That's less than two bucks an issue. Yeah, that's it's great. I mean, it's go and, and if you're not reading Fell, there's no excuse anymore. You know, not just, really. Yeah. If you if you like anything Warren Ellis has done. And you're not reading yeah. Fell, then you're missing out on his well, best. Well, I'd work say if you like comics, and there are some, you know, like, yeah, but there are some people who don't like the, the nihilistic Warren Ellis, Ellis yeah. stuff. But this is this is the Warren Ellis stuff with a heart. This is the stuff. This is who I think he really is. Besides his his public persona, right. I think yeah. in, inside there's this, is Richard Fell, more and Spider Jerusalem because they both had. Uh, yeah, uh, they underneath their gruff exterior, they both had a lot of heart and mm-hmm. uh, and hope and humanity, and there's a lot of that in this. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it was good, but it but um, but I'll be honest with you, it was a tough it was a tough pick because I hate the lateness thing, but I don't I don't know if more issues are coming. They could be. I hope they are. Um, I hate the lateness thing, but but also there was one other book that that really came really close. Um, well, this is the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's kind of hard to say. <laughs> it's the it. exact opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> and that book was Booster Gold number six. <laughs> <laughs> it it occupies the end of the spectrum that is revels in the love of superheroes and crazy and, and histories does, and, and does it well. That's the thing. Yep. That's the trick. Is that like and so Booster Gold number six? I'm, uh, Josh, are you are you reading this or not? you're not reading it? Nope. Are you? Okay, no. so me and Connor will talk for a little bit. Um, do, 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 it, do, Booster Gold do, number six. Did the did, oh. it did the issue that I hoped it wouldn't do, in that it, um, this is where Booster uh, goes with the other Blue Beetles through time to go save Ted Cord. Well, that was the whole. Yeah. In the beginning, the first issue, he Booster Gold agreed to go with Rip Hunter on this whole to be the time cop. Yeah. Uh, on the uh, pretense that he would get to save Ted Cord's life at some yeah. point, and Rip yeah. Hunter's been saying for, for five months, you can't do that. You can't. Yeah. And now, now he's going to do that. Right. And so. I, I didn't want to see that happen because I hate when they undo things, and I thought Ted Cord's death was important and, and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, there's no but, way they were going to undo it, right? Yeah, but so but they did. They saved Ted Cord. Well, he's not going to be on. He's going to he's going he's, he's going to find out, which is what Rip Hunter said: is you can't you can't say, change time. Well, so it it ends, die. it ends with the Blue Beetles saving, going back to the moment where where what's his name um, Max, Ma- Lord. Max Max Lord kills uh, kills um, Blue Beetle. They stop they stop it. Booster Gold saves him, and then they pull him in, and they say, but no. Nobody can know that you're dead, so he's gonna be he's gonna be like Booster. No Gold. one can know you're alive. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no one can know. I'm sorry, no one can know you're alive, and so he's gonna be like Booster Gold, the greatest hero that nobody can know about. You know, so so it, it ends with this up note, and I got all excited because if they make this a buddy book between you know Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, that's awesome. But then I looked at the cover and I realized that the book is called Booster Gold. So 
Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was still really good. I mean, do you well, agree? Was you it know, not? Was it? it did it? No, it was. Or? It was really good, and there was a lot of good moments in it. And and Booster Gold and Blue Beetle have one of the great friendships in comics and, and there was relationships. Little, and yeah. Yeah. One panel appearance by your buddy Starman, Josh, and um, yeah. uh, Jack Knight. Jack yeah. Knight, and um, you know they're not allowed. There's a contractual agreement in James Robinson's. He's not. No one's allowed to use Starman unless he okay's it. He doesn't say anything. Well, he uses for one panel. He just right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. he go. They go past him in the time stream, and um, you know it was a lot, really heartfelt. You you can you can you can imagine what it feels like to have a chance to save your best friend and and yeah. to fight anything to get that chance. And I just don't believe for a second that they're going to succeed because that's the whole point of this book. So. Yeah. The I, well, I thought it was an up note at the end. It was also bittersweet because you know he's only going to get a little brief time with his with his friend before he dies again. It's yeah. got to happen that way. Did you? Uh, and the next issue is the crossover. No one wanted is the zero hour. Yeah, which I can't wait. Which I can't wait for. By the way, <laughs> 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 did you notice? Uh, did you notice when um, Booster and the Blue Beetles are leaving? Uh, did you see yes. the, the Abbey Road panel? Yeah. Okay. I said, "Why are they doing the Beatles?" Oh, that's get why. it the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel like there's probably a lot more Beatles references in here that I just didn't catch, but um, I thought that was funny. I just, I mean, it just seems like John, Jeff Johns and the other dude, Jeff Katz, seem to be really enjoying themselves, but not in a self-indulgent kind of way. And no, they're telling good, heartfelt stories. This right. is not. It's not DC porn, right? Yes, exactly. But it, but it's I've been I fine with if it had been. But, but it also not, but it also kind of is though. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's accessible DC porn. Like somebody somebody like you who's a big DC person is loving this, but you don't need to be the you know the DC file to enjoy it. You know, so right. That's um, Jeff Johns's signature. Yeah, and I mean that's that's JSA. That's yeah. that's Green Lantern. And really, I haven't seen Dan Jurgens art this good in years. He's lot. He's gotten a lot better it since this book started. Yep. Helps with Norm Rapman finishing it, though. So yeah, the only bad note to look for in the future is um, Jeff Johns did a really good interview with Comic uh, Book Resources two weeks ago, and he's leaving this book. No shit, really? I missed that. Yeah. Damn it. He's uh, he's only can only juggle so many books, and this is the one that's going to uh, go. Well, so. let's we'll enjoy it while we can. You know. Yeah. So. It's the one I'm not reading. Woohoo! Yeah, well, <laughs> well, what are you reading, Josh? Uh, I was in B. Claymore uh, territory this week. Yeah. Uh, did you guys pick up either of those books? I picked both of Which them up. The, what were the books? We got Hawaiian Dick number two okay. of many. And then uh, seventy six number one, which is sort of a double feature kind of book. Which we'll I got to. that one. And I'm gonna, I see. I'm going to guess, Josh, that you liked Hawaiian Dick still and seventy six really wasn't up your alley. Um, no. Okay. No. Oh, good. I liked Hawaiian Dick to... Less than I'd like the first one okay. because the plot didn't really go anywhere. Um, although um, <laughs> the, the art, art is beautiful, in, the art is amazing in these books. The, I mean, like uh, Stephen Griffin is just coloring the hell out of these. Yeah. I, I'm never. I mean, like it, the coloring actually stands out more to me than the actual art. And the art's good. It's by Scott Chandler, who did the Northwest Passage, um, and I really like the style. But like. Just the, the combination of the art and the colors together, I mean, it's actually overshadowing. Every, I never think that about books. Yeah. Um, I think this will be a fun story when it's all done. The second part didn't really have a whole hell of a lot to talk about. Um, I, li- I, I, really, was- I really like the, the thing about this, the thing about, the, about both Hawaiian Dick and 76, and it's similar to what Remender's doing with Fear Agent and some of the stuff like that, is the entire comic now has become an experience. And I think that's really what makes you know the, when we argue between the issues and the trade paperbacks. You open up Hawaiian Dick, 
and I mean, even down to the you know like the printed in Canada with love kind of thing on the on the title page, the whole title mm-hmm. page where they tell who the characters are, then the single page with the story so far, and then all the back kind of supporting material where like how there's a there's a there's a small there's a short story, there's the there's the B Claymore's Guide to Birds World, and then there's the the per, you know the other dude the. Um, Professor Gr- uh, Griffin explains, you know, like yeah. the, the entire book has become an experience, and yeah. they did it with seventy six too, where they have playlists and the, like the inside title page of seventy six was a, a you know like a list of all the things that happened in nineteen seventy six, and in the back there was like their playlists of music, and like it was just it, the whole thing is just it just it, it kind of envelops you in what that story is, and I love that, you know. So I did think you think really for good. a second that they they stole uh, Gordon the intern and put him in Professor Griffin explains? <laughs> If you look at that, I was like, yeah, why is Gordon in this yeah. book? Oh, it doesn't really look like him. Yeah, but, uh, so. I mean, the thing is, I didn't I didn't love this issue to death, but I will buy a book like this every time. Yeah. Because it's it's doing something different with a comic book form. You're absolutely right. Like, there's love just on all the pages, and there's sort of all these different things for you to get into. Um, uh, he looks like Tom Wilson. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're saying B. Claymore looks like Biff from Back to the Future. It's, it's, it's not an. I'm it's sure an he's going to love that. <laughs> it was in the Twitter thing this week. Oh, okay. Uh. Um, but it, you know, it's like it's just a. I, there's no books like this. Yeah. And I love that. And it, it's just it's comic booking. And then you know to move on to seventy six number one, what you've got here is is basically it's a double feature. There's two stories in this book. Uh, they both take place in 1976. There's one story called Jackie Karma Jackie Karma that's by B. Claymore and uh, art by Ed Tatum which takes place in 1976 in New York City and then then the story switches and it's Cool by Seth Peck and Ty Walker which takes place in Los Angeles in 1976 um, what did you guys think? I want to hear what it was okay yeah? it was alright um, I liked it I mean I didn't there's, well, the first story is about uh, the return of some ass kicking dudes who were or gone from the neighborhood for some reason. One is a bum, and he, something happens, and we don't really know what, and the bum is, has been um, convinced to now shave his be- mustache and beard and put on his ass-kicking clothes and go back into the neighborhood, and we don't know what that means. And then the second story is about some bounty hunters who um, have caught a bad case yeah. or are catching a bad case. And it was it was okay. I just think the problem with these double-feature comics and these stor- stories is they're so short, it's hard to really get a feel if you're going to like them or not. Yeah, though that's definitely true. Yeah, I gotta say I was a little more impressed by Cool. Yeah, Cool was a better one. Oh, that's so funny um, because I actually liked Jackie Karma better than Cool. Jackie Karma to me felt kind of like a retread of like a, I don't know. I felt like I was reading Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist out of costume. Yeah, I possibly. Guess. I mean, and admittedly, it might be driven by the fact that I I love the name Jackie Karma for some reason. I just think it's a great character name. Yeah. Um. Well, he's, yeah, it's, his name's like Carmichael or something yeah. like that. Um. But but the th- the really the thing that did it for me was I really I didn't really like the art in Cool as much. Um, oh, see, I was about. Oh, to yeah, say, I thought the art much better in Cool. Oh right? man, there's yeah, some yeah. You, there's some great pages in this book. There's a there's where at the beginning, like the two guys pull up to a house, and and the one guy goes upstairs to knock on the door. And just the the faces that he did, and the story that he's telling in that, and then the next page is that guy getting thrown out of a window while the other guy in the foreground is on the phone. Yeah, it was just it yeah. was re- I thought it was a really fun page, and they had like basically the freeze frames 
I did like the, I did like that as a device. I did. I just what I didn't like about about and 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 the art and cool by um by Ty Walker. I didn't I didn't really like the faces. They kind of reminded me of like Mad Magazine faces, especially towards the end, like when the the guy the guy with the shirt off with the mustache type thing. They reminded me of those uh, kind of overexpressive Mad Magazine artists, which I know some people really like. It's not really for me, but I did like the freeze frames. I did like some of the devices used in it and stuff like that. So yeah. I thought that I thought this. These are apparently both of these artists are pretty new up and comer guys. Yeah. I, I I really I like the I really like the art in the second story. The art in the first story I did like. It was really kind of gritty and dirty and and God, those are buzzwords that I don't want to say anymore. I did lose track a little bit of which dude I was looking at. It yeah, because there's two blonde dudes with facial hair. And yeah, in fact, like, even Connor, even, Connor, even you made when you summarized it like the Jackie Karma. It, I, I didn't get was the bum. I thought it was the lawyer. I don't think it was. It is the lawyer. It's a different it character. Is, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's uh, J-, J. Carmichael was the lawyer, and the bum happens to be blonde and with the beard, but he we don't see him shave or anything. Because there's so, yeah. three guys who are yeah. ass kickers. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's a I problem. Listened there. To an interview. Yeah. 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 So, but so, anyway, so but, like basically, three guys got split up. The one guy became a bum. The one guy went away and became a pimp, apparently, and then the other one is a lawyer. Yeah, I guess. So. so. Who knows? I, I I just I like the concept. I like the idea of the double feature. I enjoyed it. I mean, it depends. We'll see how often it comes out. Um, mm-hmm. But I dug it. I mean, like it it definitely plays to the Tarantino, you know, kind of you know, like reliving the uh, period of genre type thing and of mm-hmm. uh, you know, like that sort of thing. But it's doing it well, and I I was impressed by it, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think so. that this can this has a chance to get better because you know, each page only had each story only had twelve pages, so right. It's hard to yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I kind of I th- my theme for the week for co- my comics I like the theme my weeks um, and this week was just fun it was just like I had fun reading my comics this week like there was just a lot between you know <laughs> except for Fell which was whatever a little serious but like Booster Gold was fun Hawaiian Dick was fun seventy six was fun and, and like what what really su- summarizes fun for me the out of the whole stack was was Fear Agent number eighteen I, like I had so much fun reading that book it's not even funny like it's you know. Yeah, I, I I would say I was a little – I kept trying to figure out the math on when all this stuff happened, and I think I lost track of what the fear agent timeline is. Right. Because uh, the first thing is sort of a flashback of when they were colonizing Earth, but that was 10 years ago, and the, the girl was a kid. Anyway, right. when they sort of got away from that, and then we were back to the Heath Houston story, I really did feel it was a lot stronger for that part. Yeah. Um, and I like I thought that part was so much fun – he did. A, he did a really great job with the, um, the character. The, basically, Heath and this and the other guy who who is married to Heath's ex-wife, basically, are are forced to fight like gladiators on this alien world. Exactly. but like, which is yeah, which is such a cliche kind of thing to do, but it's it it was good. Oh, but it was yeah. done so well yeah. Yeah. because the one guy looks like he's gonna start fighting him, and 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 you basically find out he's got ulterior motives. Oh, and oh, it was just what? so it was so. I don't even I don't want to give it away for anybody, but just what you think you're seeing, you aren't, and it just it ended. It was just it was kind of heartbreaking. Like you're like, oh Jesus, that's awful. And that's this book is it runs you through the emotional ringer sort of with the, like the high adventure. Everything's just sort of amped up a little higher than it, it maybe would be normally. Um, and Jerome Pena's art, I thought, well, like last issue, I was like, eh, this is, I want Tony Moore. But this issue, I was like, this is good. This is I actually drawing. checked to see if it was Tony Moore who was drawing it. Oh, really? <laughs> like I went back. I was like, I don't think he's doing this one. No, this guy's still good though. Yeah, you know, like great, yeah. great so. dynamic panels and just action and and just oh, it's such a good book. Now, Connor, can you, you tell me what episode that music was from? 
<laughs> the episode number or name? The no, name. I can't. The Gamesters of Triskelion. I didn't know Are you that. talking about Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah. When, oh, when Spock and Kirk have to fight each other in an arena type thing in the music. <laughs> We're going to do that in episode 58 of the Fanboy Show. <laughs> Don't we give just, it away! We just throw, t- we throw our shirts off and pull out two knives. <laughs> Does it have to involve the shirts being off? <laughs> I know, Kirk with his shirt off. Oh, God. Anyway, but, um, but yeah, no, Fury Agent, just, it, it brought out like that same kind of feel. As, like That's one of my favorite Star Trek episodes. And, and this one, you know, like it just, it's this great outer space kind of kind of thing that that just is so you know a blast to read you know so, that's the one trade i'm looking forward to the most because oh, you're not reading in issues right right yeah oh, i think it's gonna app. read real no i think it's gonna read real nicely in trade it's fun in issues but i think that some of the issues that i was talking about i think you'll you'll probably work out a little better the, the losing track of the timeline stuff yep. yeah yeah well, that's a good segue to our next book um Two Guns, number five, issue five of five of the Boom Studios miniseries from no, Stephen Grant. You got to say it the right way, like Augie does from Boom Studios. <laughs> that's that's his thing. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I don't I don't like to steal gags. I can't um, do it as good as him. So yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, I, I I don't know about this book. I think it would read really good in trade. The reason being is because every issue this 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 comic is about to uh, well let me explain why my problem and I can explain why I don't know what, exactly what the comic's about um, <laughs> it feels like there's two guys and there's a, there's a bank heist and there's some Mexican uh, bad guys and there's a bunch of FBI agents and there's some military people and every issue it feels like somebody's double crossed somebody, somebody's stabbed somebody in the back somebody's changed sides by the time I've gotten here, and and this issues, these issues have been delayed since they've come out. I don't know who's doing what to who or what's happening, to, <laughs> and I don't know. Who and there's a Mexican, and <laughs> I just know that by the end, I was double crossed by this book. Ooh. <laughs> well, so we should back up. This is written by Stephen Grant, who who's right. got some you, opinions. Yeah, and Connor, you really like him, right? So no, I like him, and I think yeah. I think if I had all those issues at once and could read them yeah. straight through, I'd have a better sense of what's so happening. It's written by Stephen Grant. It was drawn by Matt Santa Luco. Santa Luco. And um, what's funny about this is that um, is is that I think Connor, I think I knocked you off your chair when I told you I wanted to talk about it this issue because you didn't know I was reading it. No, I had no idea. Yeah, I for some, I was all alone for these these many months. Yeah, no, no, I've been I've been reading it since issue one because the 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 typography of the logo and just the covers really got me from the, the early covers issues. fantastic. Yeah, the covers fantastic. I think the art is good. Um, it's I, good. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really not good. But yeah. it averages out in the middle. Now, now, <laughs> what's interesting is that like I, I, I happen to really like this issue because at one point there's literally a scene where there's like four people and like eight guns and they're just pointing at each other nonstop <laughs> and like it was yeah. and it got to the point where it was almost comical, you know. And That's like, what's it's, yeah. it's comical. Now. I don't know what's happening yeah, anymore. Exactly, but it just has guns. They're just pointing at each other, and yeah. I don't know why. I don't know where the stakes are. The, t- the money's missing. I don't know who even had the money to begin with or where it came from. There was a bank robbery. I know it came from there, but other than that, you know I don't what it understand. Felt, you know what it felt like to me? It felt like um, a, a couple of months ago, my dad called me up and said, you've got to rent The Transporter. He's like, it's a fantastic movie. <laughs> and I was just like, I had never heard of it. I didn't know who Jason, whatever his name is, Jason Statham, Statham. Statham is. And so I'm like, all right, you know, I trust my dad's a smart guy. Like, yeah, I trust him. So I Netflix them, uh, The Transporter. I, I watch it. And I'm like, an hour into it. And I'm like, laughing. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, all it is is it's car chases and fights. There's no plot. There's no story. I don't know what's going on. But wow, did you see that car chase? You know, like, and, and to me, this is what it's, this is, it, Felt like watching the transporter this 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 series and and for that case it, it I it was worth two ninety nine it was fun you know or th- oh, no it was fun it was three ninety nine god damn it. yeah and I think I think if I 
pulled them all out. The problem is, it's been so long, half the issues are in storage. Yeah. Uh, if I had them all at once and read them through, I think it would probably be a really good heist. The problem is, when you have these many twists and turns to yeah. every issue, it's hard. Uh, yeah. You lose track after months, after two or three month delays and things like that. It gets hard to keep track. Yeah, well, that, I mean, yeah, but but that said, I I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, so I I, I, I could see that point. Admittedly, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest in that I did reread the last three issues over the Christmas break, so I was kind of caught uh-huh, up. Ah, see, there you yeah, go. So because um, yeah, so whatever. But I anyway, saw a lot of people got shot in this one. I know there was. Some, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> and it's like somebody gets shot and somebody's upset, but then they're fine in the next panel. Like there was no. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just felt like an action movie, you know. Like so, I don't know. So if you like the transporter, <laughs> go get two guns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I don't even know if anybody reads Boom books, but I'm I'm I want to check them out. Now that Wade's the editor in chief, I think it's worth checking out. So I, don't know. I we'll just see. hate that they're four books yeah. and don't seem to come out. I know, I know. Like they have a lot of things come out, and then there's no follow up. That, that, that's happened a lot. Yeah. Well, I want to check out that Cover Girl trade just came out. It, it, the 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 premise of that seemed interesting. So I don't know. But anyway. Well, the interesting, the, the most interesting thing about this book, Two Guns, is that I was hanging out with my sister, and I handed her my stack of books, and I said. Uh, if you just looked solely at the covers, which one would you be most likely to read? And you know, and you and you guys know my sister. She was like, "Crap, crap, sucks, lame, nerd." And then she's and then she said, two guns." She picked up two guns. She said, "If I was going to read anything, I read this one." So, nice. oh, interesting. So that's the power of the cover. So if she well, if she was gonna yeah, if she was gonna read it, where would she get it? You would probably take her to Jim Hanley's universe, and she would run <laughs> screaming from the premises, <laughs> uh, but not before picking up her bag. Uh, that is one of America's best and most progressive comic book stores. You might know Jim Hanley's universe offers the best selection of titles, comic book titles, and related merchandise. They got mainstream and manga and minis and and every kind of comic book you can imagine. They have it all. If you're in New York City, you you simply you simply must go uh, go visit this place where art and literature meet. That's Jim Hanley's universe. And you can, uh, that's basically just south of the Empire State Building on 33rd Street and 5th. Uh, if you're in Midtown Manhattan, or if you happen to find yourself uh, crossing the Veranzano and you think, well, I need to. I need to pull off and get some comics. Well, what am I doing here? <laughs> you go to 325 New York Lane in Staten Island. We're going to get calls. Stop <laughs> slagging off the Staten Island store. Uh, when you're there, tell them iFanboy sent you, which a lot of you have I'm not slagging off the store. I'm slagging off the, the, the area no, surrounding right, yeah. the store. Yeah. No, uh, tell, let them know iFanboy sent you, and, and they actually let us know that people have been doing that. So we really do appreciate that if you, if you went there and, and told them that. So you can go yep. visit them at uh, jhuniverse.com or on MySpace at uh, myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's universe. Um, again, that's art and literature. They meet. They meet there. Yeah, awesome. more Such often. An access Manhattan. point. Yes. So uh, you know who's having a comeback? Who's having like a comeback? A huge comeback. Who? Steve McNiven. Yeah, hardcore. Well, we need to, we need to get something out of the way. Okay, so Amazing Spider-Man is now out every three weeks, right? It's so it's, it's almost essentially a month. Three week times week. a month. Three times yeah. a month. We're not going to talk about it every issue. <laughs> it just seems that way right now, <laughs> but but at some point we're gonna skip a couple issues. So just Spider Man fans out there, Steve McNiven, wow, I can't really it. good this one. Yes. He was he was good last week. Uh, there's a couple of Spider Man shots. Why was he so just... late on Civil War? If he can put this book out weekly. Because they've had like a month lead time on this. Book no, they've had like the four months lead time. It was like it's been ready since like October or September. Jeez. Anyway, so um, but yeah, no. It, it, his the the panels with him with Spidey in the costume were just like I was like, oh my god, wow. You know, like it yeah, blew me seriously. away. Blew me away. The one where he busts through the skylight, skylight, and then the, the, the yeah. big the big page spread, the pinup shot. Yeah, totally. He can really draw Spider Man. Connor, they call <clears> they call that a splash page in the biz. Um, so. 
I thought that was the first page. Do you know something in the biz? <laughs> what I think was really funny. Did you funny, get me a meeting? What I think was really funny is the first page starts off. The last issue of the first page started off with Peter kissing a girl on the dance floor. This issue started yeah. off with Peter giving J. Jonah mouth to mouth, and it, and they angled the page so it looks like they're kissing. <laughs> Just like I like that consistency and like the weekly That's- thing. I dig and and this had. You know, like I really like the, the the title page, the cover treatment. You know how we got the summary of what Spider Man is, and then the title, and then the the, the credits down at the bottom, and yep. it had asterisks and editor notes in it. You know, like it, this this feels like I mean I hate to say it, this feels like twenty years ago, but like today, you know. So um, yeah. I, I'm I'm they do a really good job of identifying where you are and who people are. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just it was a lot of fun. You had Spider Man with the Mafia, Spider Man with the Negative Man, Spider Man yeah. with the Mugger. Yeah. I mean, it was it was this was just fun from beginning to end and this was only reinforces that last the last issue was good this was better than last the last issue yeah so it's gonna be a fun ride so um all right cool i real quickly i want to talk about the umbrella academy number five um uh this is getting close to finishing up um this one i thought was um was for me at least was probably the best issue so far of the series um, is it getting better and better every, every month? It is getting right? better and better every month, and it's building up towards something. It's building up towards a finale. Um, you know, some stu- some stuff happened in this, not like major kind of movies. This is kind of the quiet before the storm, I think, the last issue. But I purely want to talk about it for one reason and one reason alone, because uh, one of the characters – so the idea of the Umbrella Academy is a bunch of kids who were born with special powers who grew up together, and now they're, they've reunited when their mentor – dies and one of them was missing and has returned but he's not aged he's still like a kid but he's you get the idea that he's very smart like he's he's got an adult's brain inside of a kid's body and he's in their old he's in the office of their old mentor and he finds his monocle their mentor's monocle and he's like excellent and he puts the monocle on he's drinking coffee and the little monkey there's a monkey who talks who's asking him you know where have you been all this time you know and he's like he's like it's too complicated to explain and the monkey's like why don't you try me and the kid goes well i don't know where to begin but I suppose I should start at the Kennedy assassination. And like that one <laughs> line made me clap. Like it's just like <laughs> it's like everything always goes in th- like we were talking Teen Titans a couple of weeks ago. Everything goes back to Kennedy. Yeah. It's like amazing, you know. So um, Wait a minute. Wasn't Jared Way an intern at DC? Oh <laughs> how many years ago? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he read and he goes, Well no one's gonna use this idea. <laughs> but no, but he but the thing was it was such a throwaway line because they never got to what it was because then they get interrupted and then the story progresses. But I don't know, it's just been right. it's just been it's been good and, and I'm actually lo- really looking for, I'm not, I'm gonna buy the trade. I'm really looking forward to it. I gotta this give one. I gotta give uh I gotta give uh uh, Gabriel Ba and Dave Stewart credit that the like the title page uh, on this is like it's it's almost the two page spreads of the title page in each issue are almost uh, spirit spirit Ian they're like Eisner Ian they Spaterian Spaterian this beautiful two page spread of what's going <laughs> I don't on think that's and it. and these huge <laughs> no I don't think it's either yeah this huge t- huge text and like I just love the look of it and it's just I'm, it's really good I'm impressed with it so um, Ian. Um, another book, real quickly, that I've been enjoying, um, which I think I'm the only one reading because I'm the only one who cares about the Luna Brothers anymore, but is The Sword. Are you guys reading it or no? No. No. Okay, Sword number four came out, and um, basically it, it, this, the story is progressing along. There's this this girl's family is, is killed by these people, and it turns out because her dad was holding the sword, and she was uh, a cripple, and when she holds the sword, all of a sudden she can walk, and then she can use the sword to kill people, and she heals as this magical sword type thing, and apparently her father was in hiding, and so now she's trying to get to the tr- the truth of it. And coming off of Girls, which meandered and really kind of got out of its way, I thought the Lunar Brothers were really kind of focused on this one, and it and it's progressing at a much better pace. And I love their art. Girls so. was a long twenty four issues. Like, yeah, it was yeah. forever. How long is this one? 
Uh, I don't know exactly how long the series is, oh. um, but we're on issue four, so um, I'm right there with it. So uh, you know what I've been worried about all week? God, tell me what happened to New X Men 46. <laughs> this was New X Men 46 was the everybody in one room have them fight issue. Yeah, <laughs> which was fun. I have to admit. I mean, yeah. it was like it was literally everyone in one room and they fought. You know, it's interesting. Um, this this so far this this story reminds me of, and I'm gonna go way back into the X Men vault quickly. There was um, after the Extinction Agenda. Um, in the early nine, in the in the late eighties, early nineties, before the X Men reboot with X Men number one and all that kind of stuff, there was a brief storyline that ultimately was the one with, with X Factor that I believe they fought a Muir Island. Um, it might or it might have been in New York. Um, I might have the two stories mixed up, but it ultimately ended with um, Cyclops' baby Nathan, who became Cable, is infected with the techno organic virus, and he gives her to a woman who comes from the past to take Cable to the future to heal him. And that was the moment that Cable goes in the future. And that's when the cut departed. This issue had a strong feeling. I felt like the, the that issue, that's that uh, that storyline, that issue. And of course, I loved it. You know, like because it was just like it was. It's it was like the it's the second to last you know um, issue in the storyline. Honestly, I'll step back and be an adult about it. We're not getting. We don't have any more answers than we had last week. Right or the week before, or the, or the week, week before, before yeah. Week before. Um, I, I find it interesting know. that they're they're ending this this crossover in X Men and not Uncanny X Men next next month. Yeah, well, because apparently Uncanny X Men is the epilogue because the the X Men no, it's like X Men no more, and apparently the Uncanny X Men are breaking up, and I don't know what. I'm worried that they're not going to have a completion to this. It's going to lead to the next thing, which is yeah. You know the multiple storylines that never uh, which, happens in comics. So you're probably which I think. Probably. Well, I, 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 by, by, by completion, I mean some sort of answers to what this has been happening. Yeah. Um, but but other, putting putting that aside, I thought it was a really fun issue, despite the appearance of Pred- Predator X, which is still stupid. You see, and, 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 um, and again, that's the, the, the my problem with Predator X is I feel like that's the one extra thing to give like the new X Men relevance in the story because I guess they fought him earlier. I don't read New X Men, so like I don't know. This is also the last issue of New X Men. Yeah, this is yeah, it. yeah. Thank God, jeez, kill that book. <laughs> Wow, okay, everybody yelling. Oh, see, there you go. And everyone, who's, everyone who has written into me saying, why do you hate New X-Men? Now you write to Ron. I don't actually hate New X-Men. I don't care. No, just that, that, that was the one book that I wanted to catch up on, and I just never had the time, and I never had the energy, and so now I don't have to. So, But, um, but yeah. Ron no, and I fanboy like, <laughs> But anyway, so yeah. So so next week is the last issue. We'll find out. But, but you know, Cable and – basically everybody's ended up in Muir Island and Sinister's dead. We found out how Mystique killed him. We found out why Mystique was doing what she was doing. The baby was supposed to heal Rogue. The baby and Rogue touched. We don't know what happened, you know, and now – and then Professor Xavier takes the baby, gives her to Cable, says take her to the future, which I think is just – which is awesome. I love when they play with the future. So anyway, so – Josh, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, you know, a while back, I think I got a lot of people to start reading Robin. Yes. Uh, who wouldn't have done that before? And then, um, and then uh, Adam Beach Adam left Beach the book. book. Yep. And uh, and then it wasn't as good. <laughs> um, well, Chuck Dixon uh, is back on the book, and I said to Connor, "Is this a new story?" He said, "Yes." So I picked it up. I'm very glad I did. I can go ahead and say, you people can go ahead and get back on Robin. Uh, sorry you you have my (laughs) apologies you have my apologies for that um basically this is again just like every other time that robin came out it was just like it's just a rollicking sort of it's a fun time there's a mystery i really love the tim drake character a lot um and then this this time i'd like to say that i really i really did like freddie williams work on it um Mm -hmm. one thing where he suffered was uh he dressed the kids funny yeah um, whereas this one, I felt that the like the, the, the kids look more like regular teenagers. 
for the most part. Well, the, I think what's funny is I read this book and I closed it and I said, wow, you know, it's really interesting that the, the most consistently good and entertaining and solid book up and down in the Batman universe for the last however many years has been Robin. And this Easily. is no, no exception. This is really – Chuck Dixon was basically the guy who created Robin, mm-hmm. Tim Drake. He didn't actually create Tim Drake, but he, he made him into a character. He wrote basically every book he was in for years. He's been gone for a while. He's back. He's got a good handle on, on the character. He's got a good handle on Batman, who appears briefly in the book. He's brought back Robin's supporting cast – uh, a little bit, uh, who used to be in the book and had disappeared, and it's it's I, I I thought it was really really good. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a fun book, and I really like the book is even lighter in appearance, like the color palette that they use. A little brighter. It's all a little brighter. There's much like the tones are a little more flat. It looks a little more like an like animated coloring as opposed to you know the super uh, detailed coloring. Mm-hmm. Um, it, overall, the art was pretty good. It was not spectacular. There was a couple pages that looked rushed. Um, cause well, it's two different pencilers. Yeah, it got switched around, so I'm guessing it was rushed around. But either way, uh, it's really good. Chuck Dixon knows what he's doing with this book. It's just going to get better. Probably. Yeah. Or it'll up, stay exactly the same, which is also okay. And they beat up Dan DiDio in the beginning. Um, <laughs> Checkmate 22, quickly, uh, I thought was even better than the Pick of the Week issue that I had, a, had, la- had last month. Um, yep. I love Madame, uh, Mademoiselle Marie. She's fantastic. And uh, if you listen to the Word Balloon interview with Greg Rucka, I'm so sad that he didn't get to do the Mademoiselle Marie Vertigo book. Yeah, that sounded like oh my God. Cool. that would have been really that cool. He pitched, yeah. That he pitched, that, that would have been awesome. And this was yeah. just, if you're, uh, if, you're not, if you're not on Checkmate, get issue, this was 22, get 21 and 22 and give it, yeah, a, give it a read. It's, this was one of the more brutal books I've seen in the DCU in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we get the, she beats the guy to death with a hammer, and it's just like. And we get the we we get to see the 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 Russian dude in the in the mech suit. Uh, the rocket red. Yeah, rocket red. Yeah, I love that guy. So. Uh, just uh, Chris Samney kicking ass all over the place in this yeah, book too. Totally. I I have no problem with seeing more of his work. Totally. Uh, I loved this issue. This was fantastic. It was really really good. It would have been hard not to pick this one as pick of the week. Cool. Yeah, I agree. So um so if you're not getting checkmate and you want to be getting checkmate, maybe uh you need to talk to your comic book store and get them to start using foocomics.com. Um it's a great uh, it's a new website that's got some great service to allow people to, you know, allow you to manage your pull list and your subscription. Um you know, stores can manage their customers and you as your customer can manage your pull list. Um it was created by a comic collector so he knows exactly what, you know, they know, you know, know what you want and trying to give it to you and it's totally free. So uh check out foocomics.com/ifanboy to learn more. And uh, stores can uh, sign up online, and then if your store is not using it, tell them to go check it out and um, enjoy it. It's it's fun times. So foocomics.com forward slash ifan. Yes. F-O-O. Email. Yay. It's been a while, but we brought the emails back for you. So, um, <laughs> go lead, lead the first one off. Though. All right. Our first one comes from Steve, who wants to, who writes in because he needs to vent on some of the folks in our circle. And by our circle, he doesn't mean the iFanboy circle, rather the general comic circle. A friend of his who lives in Nashville went to his local comic store wanting to pick up something Alan Heinberg had written in comics. This is a guy who probably never read a comic, um, but had heard about Alan Heinberg because like, of his TV work and Grey's Anatomy and things like that. Um, so when he asked about an Alan Heinberg comic, the, the, apparently the dicks at the store laughed at him and said some stupid crap like, what issue number? And in general acted like if the guy, the guy from The Simpsons. So what Steve wants to know is, why do we have to shoot ourselves in the foot? The guy's a fan of Grey's Anatomy and other stuff Heinberg has done, and yet let, uh, let's act like insider dickheads. I mean, the guy's only written about 15 or 20 comics anyway. How hard would it be, would it be to be decent to a guy like this and win a customer? Just a rant, Steve. Yeah, we agree with you. That's sad. <laughs> It it's, happens. It's, yeah. yeah, it does, and it's amazing. I think, I think less than it may be used to, but there's got to be those little stores that are on. I mean, basically, the, the, the best, you know, is if it's a bad store, 
go on the web and yeah. just, you know like go to Messenger. Don't go to this store. Go to this one. You know, or you it just know, it just sucks because like as somebody like that who wanders into a comic store because they heard that the dude from Grey's Anatomy does something and then they get chased away, they're probably not going to go online. Like that's they're, that, no, that, they're that, never yeah. coming back yeah, to exactly. a comic book that's store. That's what sucks. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's no, every every mean, stereotype that they could possibly have thought of is they think right. is going to be true. Right. So that's that's really the sad thing. Yeah. It's almost like they do more damage than a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. Exactly. So and I, I don't I don't know if we need that. All right. Well, let's hear the, let's hear the next email. What do we need? Lewis writes and says, "Queen and Country, gents, damn, this may be the best the best book I've ever read. Holy cow! I picked up issue uh, volume one at Jim Hanley's Universe, and I'm seventy five percent done with it. Thanks for the recommendation. So what's next?" It's volume two. Lewis, <laughs> Lewis has a good question. Lewis. What's next? <laughs> well, first of all, agreed. Uh, Queen and Country is sorry. <laughs> I really hurt myself there. You all right? What did you do? I went to put my foot on the radiator, but I knocked the thing off. And it's okay though. It's fine. I'm gritting my teeth. I'm fighting through it. Right. <laughs> How's your Tie Fighter? Is that okay? Uh, you know what's funny is I was just holding that. I've lost part of the. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a callback to episode one. Anyway, um, uh, Queen of Country is excellent. Uh, you are correct. Yes. Uh, what's next? How about Checkmate? We were just talking about it. Yeah, go check Checkmate. If you, like, yeah. if you like Queen and Country and you, and you didn't check out uh, that, or you know, I mean, Whiteout. If you haven't done that yet, pretty much anything with Greg Rucka's name on it uh, is fantastic. In, in that same way. Although nothing. There's also he's got some books coming out. He's got an Oni Press um, PI book coming out soon. That that sounds like it's gonna uh, be awesome. Stumptown. Yeah, yeah, Stumptown coming out this um, July. So, so keep your eye out for that. But there's also, I mean, I that could that volume didn't encompass all of Queen Country, I don't believe. So volume two should be out, assuming at some point. Um, but there's a lot of stuff out there. But Checkmate is probably number one on the list. Uh, or Whiteout. Whiteout, yeah. Yeah. All right. Whiteout's going to be a movie soon, isn't it? Yes, it is, in, uh, in about a year. So yeah. get, get the books now before they put what's-her-name's-face on them. Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Get, yeah. Kate Beckinsale. You're going to get the photo cover. Yeah. <laughs> in, about, in about a year and a half, when it's out on DVD, uh, you can get it, you'll be able to get it on your Netflix. Because uh, they've got 75,000 titles, one of which will be Whiteout. They have no late fees and free shipping both ways with fast delivery and plans starting as low as four ninety nine a month. Netflix, www.netflix.com slash iFanboy gets you a two-week free trial at Netflix. All right, cool. So um, if you have any questions or anything you want to email us, you can email us at contact at iFanboy.com. We love to get the email, and we try to reply to everybody. And also, your email might get picked uh, to be answered in our weekly letter column. That's every Friday on iFanboy.com. So uh, be sure to check that out. Um, All right, cool. So on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail comes from John from Brooklyn, who uh, wants to know if we're reading a specific book. Hey guys, what's going on? It's John from Brooklyn. I was just uh, calling to see if any of you have checked out uh, Simon Dark from DC. I think issue five comes out this week, and uh, it's pretty cool. You know, he's a kind of a unusual superhero that you know takes place in Gotham City. So I'm wondering when him and Batman are ever gonna, you know, cross paths and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, uh, if you haven't checked it out. Uh, give it a try, and I'd uh, love to hear what you think about it. All right, take care, guys. Later. We had a very persistent uh, listener, the Freaky Tiki, who sent us Freaky issues Tiki. one two. Sorry. Because like we hadn't, ha- hadn't talked about it. Um, it's one of his favorite books. So I read, I read both of them, and I wrote a review for it on ifanboy.com. So if you go there, you search Simon Dark, you can find it. But a brief recap of that review is... 
Um, it's Steve Niles uh, and um, uh, the artist Scott Hampton, I believe. I, I might be wrong about that. I don't have the books with me. Um, the art was great. The story is this crazy vigilante in a certain section of Gotham City. Um, I did not love it. I thought it was okay, but uh, I thought setting it in Gotham City, while I understand from a publishing point of view, hurt the story in itself because it didn't make sense that Batman would let this guy go around killing people. Under the guise of vigilanteism, he would be on top of that in a second. So that took me out of the that took me out of the book. Um, <laughs> oh, so stupid. Where's Batman? <laughs> had had it been like a Vertigo horror superhero book, that might have been a different story. But the setting uh, took me out. I didn't hate it. I didn't. I thought it was okay. I keep hearing good things. If I continue to hear good things, maybe I'll give it another look. But for now, um, I'm not picking it up. Yes. So uh, and, 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 and if the you... lesson to be learned here is that you're not checking iFanboy. Exactly. Yes. So because we'll, we'll throw up a link to Connor's review in the show notes for this episode, so you can check that out. But you got to, I fanboy, you got to be reading it every day, right, Josh? The thing is, well, we can't listen. We like we try to talk about all the books we can here, and then on the video show and all that stuff. But even then, we can't cover everything. So I fanboy. Uh, almost every day there's something else up there and it might be book reviews of stuff we didn't do or opinions or or like this week we argued about Rob Liefeld. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you you won that argument. I did. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. You're still buying. I'm still not. I might, right. might be a, a stalemate. To our next voicemail from uh, <laughs> some the Spider-Man uh, backlash continues. Hey, I fanboy. This is Matt from Simi Valley, California. Just calling. I uh, just read the new Spider-Man issue, the Brand New Day or whatever. I really enjoyed the issue, but in the in the back of the book where I was talking about what the new status quo is. That one part where it's like, nobody knows who Spider-Man is, but now, you know, some people, you know, recall Spider-Man revealing, but they don't know who the face was behind the mask, who who revealed themselves. And there's there's no video cameras or anybody, anything to look back on that. None of the Avengers know his identity. It's like, I, I love the new storyline, but I just, this whole reboot it's just you're wondering how it fits in with the rest of the universe so whatever just wanted to kind of vent about that but all right love the show guys keep it up i'll talk to you later bye yeah you know the more i think about spider-man the less i enjoy the issue so i'm trying not to think about oh stop I'm you just, don't. I'm not enough to think about it. I'm. Uh, he's right. I, I. Until I know what Bendis is, handles the Avengers issue and stuff like that. And Josh made a great point when when this all happened. When when Brandon Day came out, is that they talked about how great unmasking Spider-Man was in Civil War, and it didn't even last a year. Or but that was that's you can't put on the Spider-Man book. That's just Marvel no. dropping the ball on that no, whole thing. The, the issues, they weren't ever going to deal with it though. Right. I know the issues have been great. Don't get me. That's why I'm saying I'm trying not to think about it. You know. So get off my back. But it's nothing new. They the Flash is the Flash. Used, Wally West used to have a public identity, and then yeah. the Spectre came along and erased it. Everybody's yeah, memory. Yeah, do you remember that? That was really crazy. Himself. And Jeff Johns did that. So we, just, we were like, "Oh, this is fantastic!" <laughs> and I think it was fantastic again. And that's just what they do. Mephisto erased the tapes. It's not like a big, you know, shocker. If Jeff Johns, there's a lot this, more. Okay. Yeah. So um, we got a lot of Spider-Man voicemails. We did. Here's one. Uh, here's one more. This is Daryl talking through the streets of New York, and I'm angry. Casada, make him pay. Don't buy Spider Man. Don't touch Spider Man. Not even Ultimate Spider Man. Don't buy any Spider Man titles so that he can learn and feel our anger. Seek 
And Mr. Flanagan, when you received this voicemail on the 17th of January, 2008, why didn't you report it to the police? And rec- remember, you are under oath. Listen, <laughs> I didn't know where this guy was. Listen to his voice. It's cold. It's chilling. If he knows where I live, if he knows where my wife works, if he knows where my ki- – well, I don't have kids. But either listen to him. Would you call? I was scared out of my mind. I feel like this is our future. We're going to be in court with ties on it's, uh, it started, as material witnesses to some sort of crime. It's starting to cross the line. I just want them to re- – I want the court reporter to read it back. Mr. Richards, <laughs> what made you think this Daryl would <laughs> – oh, Mr. Richards, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what was secret invasion in fact any good? I don't know. Would so ben, you're saying that he was right. Would well, ben, I, well I'm, I'm not willing to say that. I, Mr. Richards, you're under oath. Would Bendis get subpoenaed? Okay, it was not good. I'm, I agree. It's not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He stalks out of the courtroom. Oh, God. <laughs> All Justice right. has been done. Oh, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. What are we gonna do? It sounded, it sounded like he was like his whole family was asleep, and he was like in the kitchen trying to call in at like twelve thirty at night. <laughs> oh, he's not really trying to sound menacing at all. It's yeah, just that he has neighbors who can hear everything. Yeah, exactly. Paper thin walls. <laughs> I suck to play rock band for him. Oh God. Oh. So, um, um, I noticed he conveniently skirted the whole Bendis thing. Yeah, he, he, yeah, Daryl. We didn't hear for your reaction to Bendis calling you out a couple of weeks ago. Come on, man. So. He just said to boycott his book, though. But you, Ooh, so maybe did. that's a subtle call out. But you know what? Um, yeah, he called for a total boycott of all things Spider-Man. That's like crazy. <laughs> he anyway, burned the DVDs. But you know what Daryl did do with that voicemail is he kept it succinct, and that's yes. what we, that's what we like at our family. <laughs> so a theme here. Of the- if you want to call the voicemail line, please call them in one eight eight fanboys three two six two six nine seven. But keep your voicemails limited to about thirty seconds or so, because we, admittedly, we've gotten some very long ones. In fact, I listened to one today about Star Wars comics that was over five minutes long. We we we're not going to play that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was informative. But thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was informative, <laughs> but yeah, it's not good radio or whatever this is. So um, <laughs> um, so keep it at thirty seconds. But please keep calling in. We've been it's been a tidal wave of voicemails. We love it. So one eight 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 fanboys. So. Yes. Well, that's it. <laughs> yes, it <I'm> is. <laughs> Connor's not actually doing the end part. <laughs> um, if you uh, want to buy things, go to ifanboy.com slash store. You've got our, our picks there, our video show picks, and you can use the Amazon link to uh, buy your Amazon purchases through the store. Any yes. Anything from Amazon. You click yep. on that, it goes to Amazon. Whatever you buy, that works too. Because yes. there were some questions about that. Uh, you're there. That means you're at ifanboy.com, which we were talking about earlier. We are really making an effort to put up a lot of stuff uh, for you to read and contact, uh, content and stuff for you guys to talk about. So uh, please make sure to st- stop by the site every day um, at ifanboy.com where there's always the pick of the, pick of the week on Wednesday nights or very, very early Thursday morning. Um, so go there. Yeah. And, and um you can also head over there on Saturdays to check out our video show. Um and which also comes out on revision3.com forward slash ifanboy. Um and <laughs> and you can um, um you can watch uh our fun fun our fantastic video podcast where uh this past week uh you probably watched our voicemail episode. And then hey, Ron. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. And then um, and then and then next week next week it's the show you've all been waiting for. Josh, what's next week's video show? Listen, I'm very sad, and I don't know what book to read. I've been on tour for Love Song all this time, and that... Yeah. We're talking Neil Gaiman and Sandman next week. Finally, oh. you guys, it's it's come... Vicious Smith, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to be interested in this show. A lot of people are going to be interested in it. The show, a year in the making. Yes, so Sandman, we hope we deliver. 
<laughs> oh, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, and if you find yourself without a shirt while you watch the show, you can always go to jinx.com slash ifanboy. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm sitting down. All right, here we go. I'm watching it. Wait a minute. I'm cold. <laughs> Shit, where's my shirt tap, tap, tap. <laughs> Hand me my credit card. <laughs> so so jinx.com slash ifanboy. You can get ifanboy t-shirt. Uh, ifanboy in the front, intern on the back. Join the intern. Uh, crew and uh, take a picture of yourself with the shirt, without the shirt, whatever. There's uh, emailing uh, of us that happens when you type contact at ifanboy.com into that field. Or if you have a phone and you want to dial 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, that leads to a place where you can record a message for us. Under 30 seconds long. Under 30 seconds long. Unless you just want to talk to us. No, please don't Uh, do that. Can't guarantee (laughs) the whole thing. Um, or if you um, are the internet type and you're on MySpace or ComicSpace or Verb or Facebook or Twitter, you can be our friend or follow us or do whatever you can. Go to those respective places, um, and it's a good time. And if you like the show, you can run a review on iTunes or for this one or for the video show. Uh, and better yet, tell your friends and the people at the comic store um, and uh, the local uh, haberdasherer. You might like it. I need a tie. Where can I go? <laughs> oh, the haberdashery uh... district. You find yourself watching the show and you, and you find you're not wearing a tie. Um, so uh, we, we always mention uh, ifanboy.com slash donations. Um, and, I, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you should think about – maybe you should think about stopping by. Yes. <laughs> he was rifling through his wallet right now. Says, I feel bad. I haven't done anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's the show. I'm so tired. I'm I late. back to work. I can't <laughs> – Long day tomorrow. To with, yeah, he's so just he's, re- he's replying to people on Dig. <laughs> no. All right. Good night. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. And I am Josh. Finally, not a witty comment. I didn't. Ha- As I told you, I'm tired. <laughs> I never said any of them were witty. <laughs> <laughs>